Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Both the Cars and Cheap Trick introduced the new wave sound to rock audiences. But who did it better? Which band had better musicianship? Which band had the better songs? Which band is more iconic and influential? Which band do you like better? On this week's Ludini Rock and Roll Circus, it's the Cars versus Cheap Trick. We'll tell you all you need to know about these two amazing bands, plus a lot of crap you don't even want to know. Get ready to rock out with your talk out. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Circus, everybody. My name is Lou Lombardi, a.k.a. Ludini. I am your ringmaster for this uh, world of madness and insanity that we call the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Sitting next to me tonight in the co-pilot's chair is the lovely, the talented Ms. Lily V6. What's up? All the way from Rock Rage Radio. She has her own show, Hot Licks. With Lily Six Thursday nights at, at six p.m. At six. Licks with six at six. Gee whiz! Super easy. Super super. It's super. I'm feeling super tonight. <laughs> it's a super. Oh boy. <laughs> oh lord. Okay, that's a little hot. I'm back at back down a little wee back bit. Back that ass up. All right, back that ass up. Okay. Um, <laughs> a few things real quick before we jump into the usual Wolf's customs. Wolfscustoms.online will do a amazing job on whatever musical instrument that you play. What do I mean by amazing job? I do not mean amazing blow job. They might do that too. I don't know about that, but what the kind of job they do is paint jobs, custom finishes, things like that. They can really take whatever instrument that you play on stage or you know on your virtual concerts or whatever you're doing and make it really stand out. Hey guys, face it, like the instrument is part of the show, right? Um, and you know, and if you if you any of you know anything about the Grammy Awards this week, you know that you know you got to do a lot these days to get people's attention, right? I didn't watch it, but I heard about Beyonce all the things. Beyonce and uh, uh, Cardi B. <laughs> We're going to mention that a little bit later on. Oh, we'll get boy. Into that. Um, so, you know, one of the great ways, that without having to, you know, put up a stripper pole on stage and, you know, twerk and all that stuff, an easier thing to do is just get Chris Thunder, Wolf Dodson, and Wolf's Customs to create a really awesome custom finish for your guitar or your bass or your whatever it is that you, that you play, your drum set. And, um, I mean, even like the drum head, uh, um, the the uh, front head there on the on the bass drum, you know, something like that, anything like that. It, get, it just adds a little bit to it. it. Looks really cool in the light and everything. So go uh, go to Wolf's Customs Online. Get that taken care of. I also want to give a shout out to um, um, 
Rock Rage Radio. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Go to rockrageradio.com. Download the app. Some of you are listening to Rock on Rock Rage right now. Kudos to you. And I'm sure you're loving it because you're hearing great guitar-driven rock 24-7. And, um, Lily, why don't you tell, give people uh, a little uh, in, insight on SOS 2020. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about that? Because I know that you have a little bit of information on that. SOS 2020 is uh, sort of uh, a program to help venues uh, so they don't go under. It raises money. So, like, smaller venues like, say, the Subalpine or, I don't even know, Jurgles is one of them. Uh, craft house things like that they raise money do it through music to make sure these places stay open so we can still see live music not live streaming actual live music and I, I don't know the website. I'm sorry. I, well, uh, yeah. Oh, I, will, I can tell. I can tell you the website. I'm okay. sorry. I thought maybe you knew it. It is sos2020pgh.org. It's a very cool cha- charity. Can you stand a couple of more web links? I'm going to throw them at you, anyways. Um, I am involved with uh, something really, really cool that I think a lot of you guys would really like, and this is the Rock and Pod Expo. Expo. This is a an expo that happens every year in Nashville. Did not happen in 2020, sadly, but it is happening in 2021. Um, and it is a, a podcasting expo. And before you go, like, podcasting expo, I'm boring. No. How do you feel about people like Billy Sheehan and Don Jameson and Ron Keel? How do you feel about folks like that? Well, you get to meet people like that and hang out with them, and they give presentations and they talk and they do interviews and all kind of cool stuff. Plus, there is a whole thing that happens in the city of Nashville uh, that is associated with the Rocket Pod. There's different shows. These musicians are all there. They very often form super groups and get up and play. They do. It's it's awesome to hear them do covers. Last time we went, you know, we got to hear people like. Um, Michael Sweet. Yes. And, um, uh, you know, different <laughs> folks like that, just like with these, like, other, all these different musicians uh, up on stage, just kind of like playing, like, awesome versions of, like, the greatest classic rock songs ever and some of their own music. It was very, very cool. There will uh, be a lot of people's heroes there. Yeah, there'll be a lot of <laughs> heroes there. Uh, plus, it's in Nashville. Nashville's a super, super fun town, and I believe that it is, uh, uh, well, anyways, it's in August. You want to go? It's August, uh, uh, Fifth, seventh and eighth. Seventh, I beg your pardon. Why do I want to say fifth and sixth? It's seventh and eighth. So uh, check it out. Uh, you can go to Nashville Rock N Pod Expo.com to get uh, more information, tickets, and everything. And it reminds me, I have to get my hotel room this week for that. So uh, check it out. And I will also be pre- presenting. Uh, if you are uh, in podcasting, uh, there's going to be some, there's a great educational track there, which I will be a part of. I'll be presenting on creating a funnel for your podcast and driving fans there and selling your merchandise, stuff like that. So check it out. Uh, Nashville rock N, the, the little letter N pod expo.com. And if you want to know more about what I got going on, go to lulombardimusic.com. Okay. That's enough of that. Holy <laughs> cow. I'm like exhausted. Are we done? Like, is the podcast over yet? Like, because I just feel like it's just like we still have a whole thing. Oh my god! I know, right? Really? Oh, cry my knee. But we can we can start it off with saying I see some people. Yeah, we're commenting already. already, So what the hell's going on? So we have Chris Thunderwolf and um, Raven are watching. uh, Jared Grease, uh, Beth, our good our good super groupie over there. A good neighbor, (laughs) Beth is there. And Bill Damiano are all on talking. Damiano. (laughs) Damiano. And Chris Thunderwolf got my guitar picks that I sent him. Awesome. (laughs) 
Awesome. So, yeah. Okay, guys, let's uh, talk about the cars. The cars and cheap trick. So uh, let's start with the cars. You have some. Okay. You want to kind of give a little have, bio background. So things. let's talk about them. The cars. Okay. So American rock band formed in Boston in 1976, um, emerging from the new wave scene in the late 70s. The lineup consisted of Elliot Easton, Greg Hawks, Rico Kasich. I do love Rico Kasich as a musician, but I also love him for his ex-wife. Uh, Paulina Poroskova, who is a supermodel. Just saying. Sorry, I love it. Um, Benjamin Orr and David Robinson. Okasik and Orr were the, uh, they split the lead vocal duties. And um, Okasik served as the band's main songwriter. Um, the cars were at the forefront of merging 1970s guitar-oriented rock with the new synthesizer-oriented pop that was then becoming popular. Um, basically, new wave and power pop is uh, what they are. Um, in- influenced by proto-punk, garage rock, and bubblegum pop. They have also used rockabilly in songs such as My Best Friend's Girl, which is one of their very popular songs. Wow. They were named uh, Best New Artist in 1978, and they got the uh, video of the year for You Might Think at the first MTV Video Music Awards in 84. Their debut album sold 6 million copies and appeared on Billboard 200 album chart for 139 weeks. Um, the surviving original members reunited in 2010 to record the album Move Like This, which was released in 20, May 2011, followed by a short tour. And they do have a discography of six albums, but all very great albums, and there are good songs on every one of them. Wow. Yes. Okay. And unfortunately, two of the members are gone. Yeah, uh, Rick Okasik and Ben Benj- or- Ben Yeah, Benjamin Ben Orr. Um, so the lead, the both, the lead both, vocal both, guys. Both, both <laughs> singers are, are gone. Yes. So there's no Cars reunion. Uh, sorry, guys. Yeah, they um, they hung that up. <laughs> yeah, it's it. That's I hate that. You know, it's 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 that's very sad. Um, but on the other hand, um, I also don't want to see people schlepping out stuff and it not being quality, quality, or or um, what's the word I want? Like them not having the passion. You know, if you don't really want to do it, don't just just don't do it. It's like um, we're going to talk about cheap trick here in a few minutes, and I was watching an interview with Bunny Carlos. And he just doesn't want to tour. Just he doesn't have the. He loves I'm, playing drums, and he still does it. And he goes around and guests a lot of times. He's uh, he's popped up playing with people like the Beach Boys a few times and different stuff like that, just for shits and giggles, you know. But he doesn't really have the juice to like. It's just not schlepping it out. Yeah, you know, he's just done with that. Um, but uh, the 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 cars. Let's see here. Um, hmm. Ben Orr had been in the Cleveland 60s band, the Grasshoppers. They opened for the Beach Boys and had their own fan club. They were even the house band for the TV show Upbeat. <laughs> I don't know that show. <laughs> um, Sorry. <laughs> um, Rick Ocasek has also made a name for had made a name for himself as a producer. Early on, he produced bands like Romeo Void. And Suicide, he later worked with Weezer and Guided by Voices. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, Weezer's a thing for them. Well, I hear, I definitely hear, yeah, I can Mm kind of hear like a Cars thing with Weezer. Shit, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, for their, uh, when they were inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2018, um, Scott Schreiner played the bass with them. So when they did the performance. So that was kind of cool. And they were introduced by the Killers. uh, Front I can man. hear the killers in yeah. the cars. Yeah. Unfortunately, that was the final though. performance for Rick, but still a great thing that he got to be in, inducted in the Hall of Fame before he passed away. Even though we don't like the Hall of Fame much 
they deserve to be in. So yeah. Yeah. If you're gonna be put, <laughs> if you're gonna have a rock and roll hall of fame, you better have the freaking cars. Yeah. And he got and, to- and cheap trick is in the in the in the hall of fame too. Yeah. Legit. Yeah, so, so both both of these bands. Uh, um. Um. Check this out. I'm checking Another it. little fun fact about the cars. In 79, they lost the Best New Artist Grammy to one-hit wonder, A Taste of Honey. Are you serious? Yeah. That's so sad. I know. <laughs> That's crazy. I have little tidbits about each of their albums since they only had six. Okay. Okay. Hit us, hit us Lily. So the Cars uh, debut album, 1978, produced by Roy Thomas Baker, like we've talked about in the last two shows for things unrelated um it spawned just what i needed and my best friend's girl and good times roll all great songs uh peaked at number 18 and has been certified six times platinum the album was very well received uh for our debut album not a lot of albums get to do that on their first one um elliot easton said uh we used to joke that the first album should be called the car's greatest hits because a lot of the songs are their greatest hits (laughs) And um, they knew that a lot of bands fall through the cracks after the first one, so he was very happy that they did make it, but there's that. So That's kind of unusual because um, uh, there, was a, there was a period of time in, during that era where really it was like the fourth album mm-hmm. was where the band, like, like Toto 4, was like, <laughs> like they were out and they were doing songs, but when they did Toto Four with Rosanna and Africa, and I know you won't hold me back, I'll hold you back now. And all the songs, um, you know, that was like <laughs> Chicago Four, <laughs> like all these bands like Led Zeppelin Four. <laughs> you know, that's when the that's when like the bands kind of figured out the songwriting and the producing and like what they were gonna be and kind of figured out how to like work their sound in so that it like made sense on uh, on rock radio and stuff like that but the cars come out swinging right right from the right from the stop it's right very unique sound too like you can totally tell when the vocals actually any of the part of the song but when the vocals that, kick in you definitely know it's the cars they are I would say, I absolutely agree with you on the vocals for sure but I think that like you can tell the cars from the first note. Yeah. There's just something about it's something about the way the um, it's just something about their, their sound. Yeah. Um. I uh. I, I want to ask you a question, and if you came across this, I heard this one time, and I think that this is bullshit. Maybe somebody in the maybe Jared Grease. Maybe you know this. He answer, is listening because so you're a you're a guitarist. I heard this, and I heard an interview with Elliot Easton, and he said that when they were like. You know, trying to get signed or whatever. Somebody at the re- at one of the record labels said, "Well, you know, it does it doesn't look right um, because all the guitars are pointing the same direction." You know, I actually kind of believe that. And so Elliot Easton turned the guitar around and started playing left-handed, <laughs> so that they would have a nice, you know, kind of a better symmetry on stage with the. Is anybody can somebody confirm that? Like I, when I heard him, say, and he came out of his mouth, but I kind of thought that he was fucking with. Excuse me, uh, the, the the interviewer. Like, and and, <laughs> and the bands have been known to ha- try to have fun at the press's expense. This is a this is a thing that bands have been doing forever. They just make <laughs> up crazy stories. It's like uh, when Van Halen, uh, you know, came out with the, when they with Van Halen with the Sammy Hagar came out. They went on. They went. On, they went on. They told Rolling Stone and Musician Magazine, like, "Oh yeah, Sammy was our original singer. You know, Dave was just <laughs> in there, kind of filling in till Sammy was able to, you know, commit to it. He had prayer engagement. We we're just waiting for Sammy. It was t- total BS. 
absolutely was not what happened. They just they just felt like I don't care. You they know. probably do so many interviews, they just start... So they, well, what I think, yeah, they start... They get, just, it, they, they get they getting try, bored. Yeah, so they're trying to amuse themselves. <laughs> That's what I would do, too, if I had to do, like, 100 interviews a day. Um, I would just start making stuff So up. I'm sorry, we're talking about the Cars albums. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, Candio is the next one, 1979, yeah. which... Great album cover. Everybody too. loves the album cover, has a pinup girl on it. Again, produced by Roy Thomas Baker from Electra Records. Um, Let's Go and It's All I Can Do. Let's we're go. We're both on there. Boom, boom. <laughs> This album actually outperformed the band's debut, peaking at number three. Peaking. Peaking. Oh <laughs> cover art was done by... Don't peak too soon, kids. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the cover... You don't want your mom to see that, those uh, tracks there on your sheets. In your sock. Nowhere. Yes, always keep a, a sock <laughs> under the bed. Crunchy socks. <laughs> yes, but make sure you wash them before mom has to, because... <laughs> That can cause all kind of... You don't want to embarrass mom. Mom's got enough stress. She's got enough problems. Yeah. She had sons. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway. Crunchy Socks. Go ahead. The cover art was that's, done... That's my next band, the Crunchy Socks. I know. I believe you. The cover art was done by pinup artist Alberto Vargas, who did all the similar artwork that is like that, the pinup girl on the front. Um, this, uh, Unlike the first album, Candio was created under a more democratic approach. Uh, Rico Kasich said of this, when one of my songs goes to the band... Embarrassed cassette form We sit around and talk about it If I'm outvoted We don't do it We almost didn't include Double Life on the new album It had it had been dropped Candio was positively received By critics All over And fans All over So Yeah that And this is again Is the thing about the uh, The Cars is Critics and fans They kind of like Were able to cover it. I think part of the reason Was they were They were like Refreshing sounding mm-hmm. um, You know When they broke There was a lot of uh, Like art rock progressive bands uh that were really kind of like doing these kind of like longer pieces um you had bands like kansas you had bands like sticks yes putting out these kind of like big kind of like epic epic type songs you know progressive uh, i mean he had songs that were like you know with all kind of different he comes sail away you know big songs like that and the cars come along and they kind of like bring it back down and with a really unique sound and very very unique sounding vocals. And for a band that's not British, I mean, Rico Kasich's voice is, you can tell he's very influenced by yeah. that David Bowie-esque new wave. Oh, absolutely. That's, this is why I put that in the description there, that you know, I think both of these bands definitely had their ear across the water to what was to what was going on. Continue, I'm sorry. Uh, the next one is Panorama from 1980. Panorama. Like the other two, it was produced again by Roy Thomas Baker. Um... It didn't really have any hit singles on the album. Oh, it did, it, but it did peak at number five, <laughs> and has been certified platinum. Uh, the record marked a change from the upbeat pop rock and hard rock of the group's previous albums, representing the more aggressive and experimental sound. Um, the single "Touch and Go" did peak at number seven or thirty-seven. Excuse me. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember the song "Touch and Go." Mm-hmm. Yeah, DVE played that. Yeah. Uh, when I, Sometimes you hear us, okay, because we're from the Pittsburgh area, you'll hear us refer to DVE or the and or the X. Those are the big rock stations here that we grew up listening to. So if you hear us say that, if you're not from the area, just, it's just, radio just, just you know, insert <laughs> your own favorite local <laughs> classic rock or hard rock station. Right. Um, uh, so, so what's next? Shake it up, 81. Shake it up. <laughs> <laughs> The actual last Cars record to be be produced by Roy Thomas Baker. Yes, because we know um, what's coming up next, because we talked about this guy who's coming up next <laughs> uh, a, a few podcasts ago. Go this ahead. one's super pop-oriented. Uh, its title track became the, their first Billboard Top 10 hit. Um, 
And then Rhino Entertainment re-released the album on a neon green vinyl, which I have never seen. And now that I know that information, I have to go find one or I will die. Please don't. don't. <laughs> that would be a chain lily if you died. I would cry. Wow. <laughs> Next is Heartbeat City, 1984. Um, the band produced the album with Mutt Lang. Mutt. <laughs> Mutt. Uh, it's the first album not to be produced by Roy Thomas Baker. It also represented a return to success of the band's self-titled debut album. Uh, there were numerous tracks from the album that received airplay. Uh, Drive, You Might Think, those both reaching the top ten. Summer, summer, summer. <laughs> and then radio and telev television exposure songs were Drive, You Might Think, and Magic. Uh, also heavy rotation on MTV. Um, the title track served as the album's sixth and final single outside North America. Despite not being released as a single, It's Not the Night reached number 31 on the Top Tracks chart. Uh, the song Stranger Eyes was used in the theatrical trailer of the 1986 film Top Gun, but never made it to the soundtrack. What? I know. Hold on. Keep talking. Okay. Whenever the um, cars performed at Live Aid, they played three songs from the album uh, You Might Think Drive and the album's title track alongside the fan favorite Just What I Needed. Um... Mutt Lang's commitment to the Cars album meant that uh, he told Def Leppard he'd not work on their album, Hysteria. However, due to delays in the album's recording, Lang was eventually able to produce it. So he did both. Wow. Because he's fancy like that. <laughs> You're just looking at me like I'm insane. Um, I, was, uh, I was talking about this band um, the other day to somebody. Um, Hanson. Remember Hanson? Mm yes, I remember Hanson. Uh, but Rick Ocasek <laughs> was fired from producing that album after three weeks. He had a strict rule of no corporate presence during rec recording sessions, which was a problem for Hanson or Hanson's record company. They were like four, right? Four, five. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were a kid band. Uh, uh, and, and, and this is not a, a show about Hanson. Thank God. But I just <laughs> to kind of bring this up. Um, also, I've, I've uh, mentioned, uh, <clears throat> I think we did a show on un underrated guitarists. I believe Elliot Easton was on uh, on that list as well. Um, but Elliot Easton is a schooled musician, as in Berkeley College of Music. Oh, so super um, like good. Yeah, like, you know, just a very, you know, guitar nerd, you know, just totally like knows what the hell he's doing. Um, and I think that that really adds to, um, you know, to just kind of what he does with chord voicings. Solos. He's very versatile. I mean, if you listen to listen to the solo on "Best Friends Girl," it's a rockabilly solo. It's like really good, you know, for a guy who's like a, supposed to be like a punk new wave guy. Uh, the car's first show was performed at an Air Force base in New Hampshire. New Hampshire, the Shire, with like there were hobbits and wizards and wizards. Oh, it was great. On New Year's <laughs> Eve, 1977. I was not born. Okasik's father worked for NASA on top secret projects. Rick called uh, one time when the government agents visited his house and questioned his mother about the dreams his father had at night. Ooh. Strange. That's not weird at all. Strange. Something's, something is afoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um... Before the death of Orr, Okasik ruled out any possibility of a Cars reunion, saying that he would rather have hot diarrhea for six months than tour with the Cars for six months. Than tour with the Cars for six months. Oh. So he'd rather have I mean, diarrhea than tour with the Cars. That's awful. I'd probably rather tour with the Cars. I'm just saying. That's just me, though. I'm not Rick. 
Um, did you mention this milk? Did you mention Milkwood? No. Uh, Okasik and Orr uh, recorded an album together uh, before the Cars under the name Milkwood. Hawks played keyboards on it, so the their keyboard player also played uh, keyboards on that. <clears throat> and um, did you mention about Paulina and the video? I did not mention the so video. Let's I just talk about that. You're, you're Paulina. I actually don't know about Paulina in the video. I just know Paulina is awesome. Okay. I guess she's in the she video. She met. Uh, okay, <laughs> you, I thought you told me this. Uh, Okasik met Paulina uh, on the set for their '84 video to drive. They got married in '89 and had two boys. Okasik has four other children from two previous marriages. He was a busy man. She's a fantastic model. That's all I have to say about that. Wow, 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 wow. I <laughs> think I'm, I'm feeling a little bit of lesbian love going on here. I might feel that Whoa! way about Paulina. Paulina. Paulina Boriskova. <laughs> you dumb and a bitch, you. <clears throat> <clears throat> anyway, they do have two more albums to talk about. Go ahead. <laughs> Door to Door from 1987. Produced by Rick Ocasek, actually, uh, with addi- additional production by keyboardist uh, Greg Hawks. Three singles were uh, released from the album, though um, only You Are the Girl reached number to- in the top 40. Um, this was the car's lowest charting studio album to date. Only peaking at number twenty six. Um, within a year of its release, the band broke up. Aww. It was also the last Cars record to feature Benjamin Orr before he died in two thousand. So sad. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. He had great voice. I mean, he had fantastic. again unique. Really, just, 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 just. I mean, I mean, a classic. I mean, I mean, he's him and Rick's voices are totally different. You know, and it's very interesting that it, this is this still a thing like <clears throat> where you know big bands can have two different, two or more different lead vocals. I mean, that was a big thing for like Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, you know, Lindsey, but you know, all three of them had hit songs. I kind of feel like it's not so much a and thing. I, yeah, and, and the Cars is a good example of another band like that where you know different people sang different songs. And they had, um, you know, were able to, to, to get over with that. And I think that's one of the things that makes them uh, very, uh, like, a really unique, interesting uh, band. Before we start talking about the, the trick, uh, one more time, check out Wolf's Customs. Go to wolfscustoms.online and uh, talk to Chris Thunderwolf Dodson there about getting a custom paint job on your musical instrument. Um, Rock Rage Radio. Go to rockrageradio.com. Download the app. And uh, if you want more information about what we got going on here, because some new stuff is coming soon, um, you want to go to lulombardimusic.com, get on my mailing list. I send out fun, fun emails, not like, you know, spam, just, yeah, stuff. spam or just, you know, buy my shit type emails. Just like we, we, we try to make it really fun. I even um, read the emails and I... Yeah, I'm on uh, the and, and I'm very <laughs> I tell funny stories about stuff and everything. It's very cool. So check that out at lulembartymusic.com. Um, and uh, do we have any comments or anything from audience members before we move on to the trick? We have Mark Andrew Galinka says Cheap Trick at Budokan is one of the greatest live albums ever made. Um, Beth thanked you for the serenade you gave her earlier. <laughs> Michael Gold said The Cars is his vote. Um, Medicine Hat. I agree with the cars being rock slash new wave, but I've never considered a cheap, considered cheap trick anything but rock. Uh, Jared Grease says, I've never heard of that story, but he's assuming that he was giving the interviewer shit. Um, and Charlie Doyle says, Lily and Lou, much love to you. And Beth said, you have fun emails. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, that thing about the Elliot going lefty 
because some record company person said that. Um, if anybody out there plays guitar, will tell you that if he indeed did that, he's freaking amazing. He's because obviously it's a very hard to play. Like it's hard enough to learn the guitar the you know the way that you're used to doing it, let alone the opposite way. Um, I mean, just holding my hands the opposite way feels like totally, totally bizarre. And I play it. You know, it's it's very 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 strange. So um, if you know, I don't know. I think so too. I think that that was a. He was goofing on the interviewer. So, the trick, who the people trickster. are telling me is not New Wave. <laughs> American rock band formed in Rockford, Illinois in 1973. Classic lineup was Robin Zander, Rick Nielsen, Tom Peterson, and Bunny Carlos. Uh, Randy Zeno Hogan. Do you know the band Bad Boy? Hmm, sounds vaguely. No, you don't. You know why? Because that's a nobody band. He was actually the original lead singer for Cheap Trick. And he went to Bad Boy instead. Really? <laughs> so he left. He left the band shortly after. I was just its, trying to be cool like you. Lady. I know I'm not that cool though either. He left the band shortly after its formation and was replaced by Robin Zander, which was probably a good thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Robin Zander. He's one a great frontman. Like, yeah, great, great frontman. Great, one of the great vocalists in rock. But go ahead. With Robin on the vocals, the band recorded a demo in 1975 and played in warehouses, bowling alleys, and various other venues around the Midwestern United States, like we do here in Pennsylvania. And then the band was signed to Epic Records in early 1976. Um, they did their debut album in 1977. Huge success in Japan. Like they are like big. Like huge in Japan uh, with the release of the second album in color. Uh, the band would achieve mainstream popularity in the U.S. in 79 with the um, cheap trick at Budokan, like was mentioned in the comments. <laughs> I heard um, that what I wanted to say real quick was uh, I was talking earlier, I had listened to a, uh, there's a really long two and a half hour interview uh, with Bun E. Carlos on um, YouTube, intercut with like classic performances, TV performances, their rock and roll Hall of Fame performances. And Bunny was like, it, the Budokan thing was just, he said, we played Japan all the time. It was just another gig. We didn't think anything of it. Yeah. We just like, we didn't it like, just we played. And they recorded it. We didn't even, we were like, holy crap, when it came out, everybody was like, oh my God, the greatest thing ever. Everybody we went like, crazy. What? It was just a gig. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it just happens. Yeah. That and that's, yeah, cool. <laughs> um, they reached the top 10 in U.S. with um, the, the Budokan version of I Want You to Want Me and topped the charts in 88 with The Flame. Um, Peterson left the band in 1980 to record a solo album with his wife, Dagmar. I didn't know that was the name. Um, All Shook Up, produced uh, by former Beatles producer George Martin, reached number 24. Um, Cheap Trick has performed live more than 3,700 times and has sold more than 20 million albums over the course of their career. Rock effing stars. Yeah. <laughs> you know. They have experienced several resurgences, probably due to the fact that a lot of their songs are in other media outlets, like video games, movies, what have you, uh, TV shows. So they it just keeps coming back. People want to hear what they are. People then learn who they are, and there it is. Um, Bunny Carlos, as of 2016, Bunny Carlos remains a one-quarter owner of Cheap Trick and as a member of the band, but no longer records or tours with the band, as Lou was saying earlier. And Dax Nielsen became the band's touring drummer in 2010 and had continued in that uh, as of 2016. Uh, Nielsen also played drums on the band's 2016 album, Bang Zoom Crazy. Hello. Sorry. Was, there's the rest of that album. <laughs> and the 2017 album, We're All All Right. They were inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2016. Um, it was actually held at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. And the band was introduced by Kid Rock. 
Xander Nielsen, Peterson, and Carlos were all in attendance. And they performed I Want You to Want Me, Dream Police, Surrender, and Ain't That a Shame. Um, actually, a big influence on the alternative rock band Nirvana. Uh, Kurt Cobain said once referenced his band as a 1990s version of Cheap Trick. They also have 20 albums. Holy crap. <laughs> so wow. They got more records in the cars. Yes. They actually have one coming out in April. Wow. Good for you guys. <laughs> so yeah, Dax still working. is Rick's son, and he's playing drums now. Okay, let's let's get into this for a minute. Okay. Because there's some things we should probably talk about. Um, <clears throat> so here's what happened. Uh, Carlos quit touring. Just didn't want to tour, but he remained a member of the band. And see, see, he and Xander had a uh, falling out after their appearance on Austin City Limits, and what? And it was, and it was because of this how much touring they were doing at that at their age. He just was like, you know, I just don't, you know, like can we just wait? wait, Where we're, you know, what more are we going to get out of this? We're old AF. And um, so in 2012. The band stopped contacting Carlos about any business decisions, and they stopped sending him his freaking money. He's one quarter <laughs> owner of the band, so he gets paid. Sorry. That's just how That's it is. That's just how it is. They stopped paying him, and he, you know, according to Bunny, he regret, regrettably had to sue. I mean, this is like... He invested his whole life into this. It is he's one quarter owner in this business, and he was like, "I need to get paid." Like you know, that was the deal. Mm-hmm. And um, they, Peterson, Xander, and Nielsen, tried to get the case dismissed. The court was like, "Ah, ah, ah, not so fast." And um, eventually, they they did they did settle the lawsuit. Sadly, it really just ruined the friendship with him and um there have been some nasty words in the music press um from uh, nielsen and stuff toward towards bunny it's just sad things sometimes this stuff happens uh in the music business um this really this reminded me a bit of uh the eagles trying to get rid of don felder but what the eagles did (laughs) was they they paid him to leave they bought him out and, you know, the Eagles with all the hits they had. <laughs> Imagine how much he got paid. <laughs> I mean, you know, so the, the, these, the, these things happen. It's a sad story. And I, um, you know, Keith, I know, is a fan of Bun E. Carlos. And we were talking a couple of weeks ago. Like, well, what was the sort of situation there? So I wanted to look that up and bring that in as part <clears throat> of um, the discussion. Uh, tonight, another thing that I think is really great, or really interesting about Cheap Trick is the song "I Want You to Want Me," <laughs> which is like, well, it's a great song. It is. Right? It's very and catchy, I've very been poppy. A couple of cover bands that have done it, and it's a super fun song. But I want to tell you that all the cover, there's a gazillion covers of it, and some of these people are kind of interesting. Um, some of these names, I you may or may not know, so I'm not going to get. I'm going to skip around a little bit. Just know that there's others I'm not talking about. Uh, for um, uh, Tarantula was a uh, was a rock band that does uh, did a version of it. Letters to Cleo, you guys remember Letters to Cleo? Yes, and it was in that is that movie Ten Things I Hate About You. Okay, so Letters to Cleo does it <laughs> with their version. Jan- Janie Lane from Oh, I just got goosebumps when you said that. From I'm asking, I just wanted you to fill uh, in. Ch- uh, 
Warrant. Oh my Warrant. gosh, why can't I think? <laughs> uh, I Want You to Want Me by AC Rock. It was like an acapella thing that they did. Um, Dwight Yoakam, of all people, he has a very good version um, of it. This is why I ended up doing it in a cover band. We were a uh, country band with who, who all of us liked rock, and when we heard it, Dwight Yoakam was, had done a cover of I Want You to Want Me. We were like, let's do that. Um, the Balls, uh, Daylight Disc, Tiger Tales, Lindsay Lohan. I don't even want to hear that. released version. it in 2005. C- remember Chris Isaac? Yes. What a love, buddy. <laughs> no. Whatever. Um, he doesn't sing it like that, and I'm singing it badly. But uh, Chris Isaac <laughs> does a ver- did a version of it in 2006. The Holmes Brothers did it in 2007. Uh, I'm just kind of running these down. Uh, Blue Canyon Boys, 2009. Punchline did it in 2012. They just keep coming out with it. Uh, Gretchen Wilson, another country, country. does it. You know, did it in 2013. Um, just kind of running it down here. Eric Puddle, Church. Eric Church. Puddles Pity Party did it. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Puddles. <laughs> You know I'm really old when I don't even know what that is. You don't know Puddle, Puddle's Pity Party. You don't either. Don't even tell me you <laughs> yes, do. Yes, you do. They're your favorite band. You can I see them all the time. I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, okay. Um, and there's... Uh, I don't know what this means. But anyway, so there's a like gazillion million. That's how like that's what a great song. It's does. like up there with <clears throat> Africa by Toto on how many people it's cover like that. it. It's like yesterday by the Beatles. Right? Yesterday by the Beatles is the Beatles most covered song. It's a great Everybody song. Everybody had to do it because it, it was like a, it's a classic. And I think I want you to want me is absolutely like um, those of you that are um Musicians, specifically like trained school musicians, jazz musicians, you know what the real book is. If there was a real book for rock, and they're probably sure that there is, I Want You to Want Me has to be in it because it's just <laughs> one of those songs that's just insanely popular, insanely beloved, and just it's a great tune. Written by, of course, the guitarist Rick Nielsen. Uh, you have something to say, Miss Lily? I do. Jared Grease said, fun fact Rick Nielsen bought a lefty Les Paul at Pittsburgh Guitars and later gave it to Paul McCartney. So wow. that is an interesting Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh fact. Pittsburgh guitars down there in Corson Street. <laughs> um, unlike the Cars, a song from Cheap Trick did make it onto the soundtrack for Top Gun, Mighty Wings. Just want to throw that in there. It's, it was Mighty Wings. Mighty song. Wings, yeah. <laughs> I have two versions of that soundtrack because I'm a nerd. One of um, Cheap Trick's biggest hits is Ain't That a Shame, Yes, which is a cover. Yes. A little 50s tune. <laughs> and uh, it was always fun to hear them play that. Uh, they give it that, like, kind of real heavy rock uh, kind of thing. But it, they keep, they, the vocals are killer. Um, so, um... Have you ever seen Cheap Trick Live? I've never seen them live. You told me you went, right? I've seen several times. Uh, mostly they're opening for bands. Um, I saw them one time where they were actually the headliner. But I think they deserve to be the headliner on a lot of shows. But I think think they want to be the opener on the shows because then they can go and you know sleep or whatever Relax. it is old people do i don't know but i've seen them many times they have they put on a great show rick is always dancing with whatever insane guitar that he has on stage because you know he's got like the 40 neck or whatever the hell it well, is we're gonna talk about that in a minute okay but yeah uh he had hammer guitars build him a guitar with five necks now uh i had uh he's been asked about this and there was a famous interview with him in guitar player magazine 
where, you know, he saw, you know, of course, Jimmy Page and Alex Lifeson playing the double neck and somebody else showed up with three necks. He's like, okay, we're just going <laughs> to like, this. we're just going to like, I'm just going to end this right now. Let's get the five necks. So he doesn't play it a lot and it isn't exactly all that useful. It's a kind of a thing that kind of just, it's a novelty. He, says, he says he gets more applause <laughs> when he whips it out. I mean... I would do it. Um, <laughs> it's like and, the furry guitars in ZZ Top. Um, also, um, this is really this is a really cool thing about Cheap Trick too. Is they wrote the theme song to that '70s show. I did know that. Yes, it's well, called Hanging Out, which has a little bit of a, a surrender kind of. Oh, all right. They yeah, they do. do they do do the little chant in there, yeah. which is kind of cool. I didn't watch the '70s show often, but uh, it's in the credits in the beginning, so I would watch that and be like, okay. That's how you watch. I don't like the seventy show. Sorry. Yeah, but. <laughs> notable addition was the oh, "We're All All Right" chant borrowed from uh, "Surrender." <clears throat> um, Cheap Trick wrote and performed the theme song "Baby Mumbles" for Comedy Central's Col- Colbert Report. It is largely the melody of "I Want You to Want Me Backwards." <laughs> all right then. The thing with Cheap Trick is they are a great band, but for some reason. Record labels did not want to keep them on very often. They were switching around like all the time. Like it's wonder, it's like who's doing what wrong? Because it's like they are a great band, but like for one record they'll be on this record label, then they'll get dropped, and this record label picks them up. And uh, then I get think dropped. that I think a lot of times when you have a when you bring a when you hire a, when you bring in a band to your roster with the name like Cheap Trick that is so iconic and everything, I think record labels are automatically thinking, well, no matter what they do, it's gonna they're gonna make a million dollars and. What they're not accounting for is the fact that musical styles change and things like that. And even if the band is great and they have great songs, if it doesn't fit with grunge or hip hop or whatever the flavor of the month is, you know, it's just not it's 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 not it's not gonna it's not gonna happen for you. Um, did you talk about? Did you mention this? I did I, not. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, this is really interesting, and I, I'd heard this before, and I'd forgotten about it until we started to do the research for this. But um, what you would not realize this that Nielsen, Xander, and Carlos, what they have in common with John Lennon, <laughs> and they all played on Lennon's and Yoko Ono's uh, 1980 album Double Fit, 1980 album Double Fantasy. Uh, they are not credited. And it is unsure whether the songs they played or have have been released, but they were on those sessions uh, jamming with John frickin' Lennon. That's freaking cool. Absolutely. And John Lennon is one of Xander's idols. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. I mean, it's you could. This is a. <clears throat> we were taught. We've taught. We've mentioned this offhand on the podcast that that era of bands, like immediately following the '60s, those bands that kind of like mid, you know, early '70s, mid '70s, even early '80s. Everybody at that point, even maybe mid '80s, everybody still was like, "Though the Beatles, like we came up with the Beatles." I mean, I remember hearing so many interviews on Westwood One. You know, uh, you know, well, what got you guys into music? We saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. I mean, that was <laughs> for Kiss, Cheap Trick, everybody. That was the thing. I watched a uh, a documentary about the band Chicago. We love. We fell in love with the Beatles. Like everybody. I'm pretty sure everybody has them <clears throat> on their list of influences. Yeah, I so. mean that was that was the whole thing. Now, then it changed later on as that became farther and farther in the past. You had less bands that were, uh, you know, really, you know, influenced that much by the Beatles. Uh, that became like, oh, those are records my grandparents had, you know. Um, but at that time, 
and I think that it shows. Um, uh, Nielsen, as we talk about his guitars, uh, he even released a book featuring some of the wackier models, some valued upwards of $100,000. He tours with more than 25 guitars, but really only uses four or five. Yeah. You got to have those other 20, you know. Just in case. As, just in case. You just never know. I do love when he goes, like, he walks over to his little guitar stand there and he's, like, deciding which one to play. I'm like, what's he bringing out now? I'm, like, so excited to see this. <laughs> they uh, were opening act for the Kinks, Kiss, Boston and Santana. Um, um, Gene Simmons talks about bringing them on the road um, in his book and how the everybody in Kiss was like, wow, these guys <laughs> really? are freaking great. They, they, <laughs> they, great. Knew, they knew they, they knew that they were a great band. Um, so uh, Nielsen was also he, he wrote most of their early songs. And in many cases, they were done from the perspective of various wacky and quirky characters that he created. The band adopted an unusual visual look to match this theme with Nielsen sporting an outlandish outfit that looks something like a TGI Friday's waiter might wear on Halloween. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, and uh, what originally when they all got together. Um, I heard, again, I heard Bunny Carlos talking about this today. Originally, when they got together, they all had the same haircut. They all had real long hair. <laughs> and Bunny said... I can't imagine him with long hair now. Uh, Bunny said that, you know, hey, I started to recede. And then he says, Rick cut his hair real short. And then he says, I cut mine. So, so he says, it made it kind of like a kind of like a juxtaposition or dichotomy between the two. You know, you had the two really good looking guys with long hair, really like typical rock star looking guys, and you had the other two guys that looked kind of like weird, quirky, standout-ish. Um, and it totally worked. When you see them um, on any of their, you know, video performances, by the way, they made several music videos in the 70s, which was unusual for an American uh, act. MTV went on the air in 81, but they played a lot of cheap trick since they were desperate for American rock. Mm-hmm. So this got them in front of, um, uh, you know, the, the, the MTV uh, crowd very, uh, very, very early. But they that unique look really adds to the visual presentation of what they do, I think. Yeah, well, they're, they're video dream police. They're all playing a character, which I really love, and they're all very, very different with Robin with his old white thing going on and, you know, Rick in his little hat and everything and then Bunny in the suit. And and I never can remember the other guy's name, and that's unfortunate. Oh, um, my God. Tom I know. Thank you. Peterson. I don't know why I can't Sue remember that. Peterson. And he looks like the Her rock star. His name is Chumish Peterson. <laughs> and, you know, I love that spelling of Peterson, and I can never remember his name. Peterson. Peters. But, Son, it's like Peter's with a son. And Is his father named Peter? <laughs> Peter's son. son. Peter's son, Tom. Peter's son, Tom. <laughs> Tom Thumb. You know, I'm just a wee chap. <laughs> I'm sorry. My apologies to like all our fans in uh, England. Because he's that. he's scaring me right now. Speaking Cockney. Cockney. <laughs> if that cock. Did you know that Heaven Tonight was the first album ever recorded with a 12-string electric bass? This is something that Tom Peterson <laughs> is uh, known for. It's a kind of a signature thing that he does. He does play that 12-string electric bass. It's very unique sounding. You know, I didn't know that till today. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. You call yourself a I'm rock not... fan. Okay, look, I'm a wow. chick. I'm a chick. I'm a chick. I like looking at the guys. You just set women back 15 years, thank you. <laughs> I was born in the 80s. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm a chick. <laughs> I like the word chick. If you don't like it, get off the podcast. You shouldn't be on here anyway if you don't like the word chick. Chick, 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 chick
Oh, yeah. But their new album is coming out in April. I want to pull that up here. It's called uh, In Another World. It's coming out April 9th. Um, the album's first single this summer, Looks Good on You, which sounds fantastic, was released in uh, May of 2018. The album was initially due for release at the end of 2018, though no release date was announced, and then the album was ultimately not released that year. The second single is the cover of John Lennon's Gimme Some Truth. Released on November 29th, 2019. The album was completed by 2020, but the release was further delayed to, survey says, COVID. Um, on January 28th, 2021, a third single, Light Up the Fire, was released alongside an announcement of the album's title tracklist, and the April 9th release date is solid. So I am excited to hear this new album coming out for so 2021. Next month. Probably by the time this is actually uploaded to Spotify. Well... It'll be pretty close around that time that the album will be coming out within a week or so um, from that. Um, so, fan, who, what are fans looking like? More people leaning towards the cars or more people leaning towards... Uh, and it's just what you like. Look, guys, you know, I've, I've had some people come up to me uh, and say, you know, well, you shouldn't, it's not a competition. And I know that I'm the That's first one. Like. I'm the first one to tell <laughs> you... Uh, that I, you know, the music competition among bands is totally stupid. This is just a way to get discussion started. And what do you like? Uh, right now, we are uh, the cars are leading by the viewers of the podcast, which is interesting because Cheap Trick has more albums and <laughs> by has far st- has stayed together longer <laughs> by far and has more members still alive. Truth. that's kind of important guys but people love but our people in our audience uh obviously really love the cars um great both both are great both are great bands both bands have two of my favorite guitar players it's very hard for me to kind of uh uh you you can't even pick any pick, pick one over over the other um but I probably will go is uh oh I want to say this too real quick um and speaking of cheap trick there is and you guys, if you're a Cheap Trick fan, those I know, uh, um, uh, Fran, Fran Crasher uh, immediately responded when I posted it. You know, Cheap Trick. Uh, there is an awesome live at Daryl's house uh, with Cheap Trick. And if you have not seen it, you must see it because Daryl plays with them and they, they talk about the 70s and... And, you know, hint at some of the crazy stuff that they did. And it's just so freaking awesome to hear them, those guys trading tunes and Daryl singing the Cheap Trick songs with them and stuff. It's really freaking amazing. Um, so if you have not seen that, check it out. I am, uh, uh, I just, for for nostalgia's sake, um, I was always a little bit more tight with the cars. Um, it just was the time when I got into music, they were just really, really, really huge. And, you know, the rock stations here in Pittsburgh really played them a lot. They were so different sounding and so unique. I mean, you couldn't make you, they didn't sound like anybody else or like Lily said, you know, like a car song starts immediately, you know, it's the cars. I don't know. I'm just personally, I have to go with the cars that's my personal favorite thing what out of these two bands kind of which one do you sort of like better before i pick now that we said that people are picking we've got the cars we've got uh utah burgess of shady lady studio will tell you cheap trick is the greatest band ever we've got cheap trick we've got the cars cheap trick is great but i love the cars for ages cheap trick cheap trick scared me so with that said 
Um, Cheap Trick is probably going to be my pick only because I've seen them actually live. I've never seen the cars live. And don't get me wrong, I love the cars, but I have to pick Cheap Trick. They're a little more rock for me. Um, not even because they're still touring, or not touring yet, but they're still creating albums. Just because it's I, tough. I You're think convincing me to go back to Cheap sorry, Trick. Sorry, I think I, I just yeah, love sorry. more songs by Cheap Trick well, than the, I do the okay, cars. Then, so it's a kind of even distribution here at the circus. Yeah. Keith is not on to break the tie. Um, so we will just say yes. <laughs> Whatever you pick is right. <laughs> um, I don't know which band is more iconic. I mean, they're both very iconic band. They both both bands have like uh, you know. Um, here's what I would say. I'm gonna just. I'm not gonna get in trouble. I'm just gonna say this. It, uh, in terms of pop hit su- song success, I I think it's interesting that. The cars. Well, how many albums did you say? Eight albums. Six. Six albums. But how many? But but like, Cheap Tricks working on twenty, right now. And the cars have how many hits? A lot. A, like more <laughs> than Cheap Trick. Yeah. The, you know what I mean? Like so. I, I, does that mean anything? I know a lot of people like that. Oh, the radio, the charts are BS. Whatever you know. Um, I was probably more would say that more about music as time went on, but not at that time. I think there was you could point to the pop charts um, in in that era and here there, there was still a lot of rock on the pop charts. There was still a lot of even the pop bands were like playing a lot of them. We had bands like Toto in Chicago playing like very sophisticated music that was pop. So you know to kind of like poo poo that I don't I think you're being a little disingenuous. Um, so I think that's the I think that's what's the push over the cliff for me is just the fact that like in six albums. They like freaking ruled, man. You know, and we had they left us with these songs like, you know, that are just you know. And Cheap Tricks got like a handful of those. They're great songs, but they're not quite as many. Yeah. Per you know, so Cheap Trick does twenty with the uh, not quite as many hits as the Cars are able to do in six. I got to kind of go with the Cars because I just you know what I mean. Yeah, I get it. You know what I mean. Cheap Trick has just always been more entertaining for me. I totally get it. I, and, I, and I totally get it. And I would say, looking at the two bands live, I would have to go with Cheap Trick because Cheap Trick is, yeah, yes, definitely. They're, they're way sh- more they're a in, show. Your, in your face rock and roll band. This is where I kind of get the new wave thing with the um, with the cars is because they start there. They're not shoegaze, but they're kind of like, they're not the kind of jump around and rock out right. kind of thing. They're that kind of like aloof, but kind of like what new wave acts do that kind of persona yep. you know that's kind of like what a few years later you know robert smith and those guys kind of portrayed on stage you know the, you see the beginning of that kind of with the cars mm-hmm. um <clears throat> very interesting um both bands like brought back you know kind of like you know went back to just rock and roll you know they brought us back to just three four minute songs with you know get us to the chorus don't bore us type of uh, type of ethic that's about, that's yeah. my life. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A- a- absolutely. Um, a couple of things before we get out of here today. Uh, Lily, uh, tell them one more time about your show. Uh, my show is Hot Licks with Lily Six on Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, I did just interview Plush today. They will be on next week, so uh, check that out. They are, like, really uh, getting high on the charts there. They are um, under 21, all-female rock band. Fantastic, influenced by the 70s and 80s. Uh, so check that out, 6 p.m. Eastern on Thursday's Rock Rage Radio. Um, on this day 
1959, the Platters, uh, the, the doo-wop group, the Platters, scored the only UK number one hit with Smoke Gets In Your Eyes. On this day in 64, the Beatles set a new record for advanced sales in the U.S. with 2,100,000 copies of their latest single, Can't Buy Me Love. Advanced sales. People, that many people went in and said, there's a new Beatles song coming out. I want to make sure that I'm on the list to get it. Wow. <laughs> I wow. mean, yeah. Um, let's see here. On this day in 65, the Rolling Stones were at number one in the UK with The Last Time. Um, in 68, the uh, Otis Redding posthumously released the single Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. Speaking of Top Gun for the third time today, that was wow. on the soundtrack. <laughs> Um, on this day, 1970, Motown singer Tammy Terrell died of a brain tumor. Ah. Brain tumor. <laughs> uh, 71, uh, on this day, Simon and Garfunkel, winners at the, the year's Grammy um, uh, Award, Record of the Year, Song Album of the Year for Bridge Over Troubled Waters. Carpenters won Best New Act and Best Vocal Performance for Close to You. Interesting, interesting, interesting stuff. Um, let me see. Uh, nice day in 1977. Speaking of 70s bands, uh, Paper Lace were number one in the UK singles uh, chart with the anti war pop song, <laughs> Billy Don't Be a Hero. Wow. <clears throat> that I like takes that song, back. though. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. And this, oh, tragedy. Uh, this day in 91, seven members of country singers. A singer, uh, Reba McIntyre's band, and uh, her road manager were among 10 people killed when their private jet crashed in California, just north of the Mexican border. <sighs> All oh, the tragedies. Uh, during a Metallica gig on this day in 92 uh, at Orlando Arena, fans dangled an usher by his ankles from the balcony as trouble broke out at the concert. The band were charged $38,000 for repairs and cleaning after the audience trashed the building. <laughs> You know, look, <clears throat> I'm sorry, man. It's rock and roll. It's just, you know, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, and uh, just, just a couple quick birthdays. Real quick. Um, do you remember the song, Mr. Bojangles? Yeah, of course I do. Jerry Jeff Walker was born this day in 1942. So happy birthday to Jerry Jeff, who is also a songwriter for a gazillion million other people. Um, only a gazillion? Only a gazillion. Gazillion million. Only a gazillion, gazillion million. million. Happy birthday to one of my favorite people in the whole world, Nancy Wilson. Uh, go back to the archives. I interviewed Nancy a couple of years ago. She was just so freaking sweet and awesome. If you and, don't know who that is, she's from Heart. And she gave me an entire 30 minutes. Um, just absolutely fantastic. I was uh, completely, it was the best 30 minutes of my life. Um, <laughs> I'm a little afraid. <laughs> so that's pretty much it, guys, uh, for the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus this week. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us and partying and everything. Um, we have tons of great shows coming up, so so make sure you keep tuning in. We do these things live on Tuesday nights. Uh, so I apologize; the hawk was not here. That was a that was Lily's fault. It was my fault. I will take the blame. Yes, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, because I I changed the the schedule on them la very last last minute. minute, like very last minute, <laughs> very last minute. So <clears throat> I apologize. My apologies to the to the hawk as well as my brother and I. 
Uh, you know, I miss him, and I, I, we love having him on the show. Uh, fun show tonight. So, you know, let us know, you know, what you like, what, and if there's any topics you want us to cover, let me know. Some One of the things I was thinking about, and this might start a giant argument yes. amongst the three of us, um, but, and I don't even know, Lily may say I won't even be on this show if we do this, but I thought maybe a countdown to the top 10, top 15 best post-grunge I don't hate it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. So do so it. so that might be a that might that might be a future topic. I know that we were we were kicking around because uh, every second Tuesday of every month we do albums. We we were talking about maybe doing Toto Four. Yeah. Maybe 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 next month. I think and, people will like and that. So so there's a couple things like that. Keith had an idea for um and this is kind of keeping with the times a bit of maybe a list of the like top folks that are like transgendered in rock and metal um something we don't think about but you know and dude I, from and I, yeah i mean you know it's a kind of uh you know just to sort of show the diversity out there i think there's a little bit of a misconception that you know heavy and hard rock music is kind of like sexist or like closed-minded or something when it couldn't be farther from the truth so that so there's some ideas we're kicking around whatever you think i know beth thank you so much you've given us ideas different times so anytime just pop in throw comments in the inner circle reply to some of my emails say hey lou you got if you're on my emails you got my email address so just email me and lou at lou lombardi music uh and Lou at LouLombardiMusic.com and say, hey, look, here's an idea, something I'd like to talk about. <clears throat> Anyways, guys, check it out. Go to LouLombardiMusic.com if you want more info. Chris Thunderwolf Dots and at WolfsCustoms.online. We'll go ahead and do an awesome job on your guitar. Shout out to Rock Rage Radio. And if you are so inclined, make a trip to, to put uh, your vacation this year uh, for Nashville, August 6th and 7th. Am I saying it right? It's 6th through 8th, technically. It's 6th through the 8th. But the, uh, all the good stuff happens 7th and 8th. Uh, yeah, the sound 7th and 8th. So check it out. Uh, if you want to go to Nashville, rockandpodexpo.com for more info on that. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us. And we're going to catch all y'all on the next Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Have a great one. Ain't no fun. It's in a for one. The damn dishes are done. Chill the home.